Hello, everyone. Welcome to She's an Outlander, a podcast dedicated to the television show Outlander. My name is Stacy, and I'm Brittany. And welcome to episode six. Oh my goodness, we're getting there. We're getting through this. We making our way through the season. Um, so, yeah, what, oh wait, how many episodes is there again? For season one, there are sixteen episodes. Uh-huh. So why did you only go to episode seven? Because oh, it was, was it was one. it was just in one night. Oh, okay. I it was you. just in my first night. Because okay, I thought it was halfway. Okay, I'm trying. Right, it's sixteen, and then the other seasons are less. Okay, I'm following. Yeah, I'm keeping up. Context: Brittany and I were just having a conversation off mic about how when I first did the binge of the show, like the first night I started watching the show, I got up to episode seven in the first night. Because anyone who's watched the show knows that episode seven is an important episode. <laughs> and I was saying that when I got to this episode, Garrison Commander, I'm not going to lie, I might have like skimmed a tad because I'm like, oh, it's just this character and this character talking. I want to get to the good stuff in episode seven. And I may have slightly ruined what's coming. May have, may have slightly spoiled Honestly, Next though, Brittany, for me. if you, if you just that look was at that. just that was great. Stacy goes, she goes, she's looking at me and she's talking. She's like, "Yeah, I just was kind of skimming this because I really wanted to get to the wedding." And I was like, "What wedding?" And her face just went blank. And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, okay." <laughs> I mean, realistically, just look up the episode title for 107. It's not that big of a spoiler. <laughs> but anyway, we won't we won't go anywhere. It's fine. Whoops. I've been oh, doing so well. That was amazing. Well. That was so good. You haven't, oh, you hadn't given me, and you didn't even like catch yourself. You were just like, like <laughs> is it? Um, but anyway, but then I, 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 I kind of went back and I watched it and I was like, oh my God, this episode is actually so good. It's so well written. And I was telling Brittany, then I have so many pages of notes on this episode because there are certain scenes that are basically like just between two characters that are a two-hander and like I feel like every line is important to include because it's so well written it's and it's like it's an acting master class it's the narrative structure the way it's like revealing things and setting things up is so good and it's just so well written and I'm going to massacre it so (laughs) you're gonna watch the episode finally and be like oh my god this is so much better than (laughs) you described oh that's okay it'll it'll be enjoyable both ways Um, I'm sure uh, okay, so before we dive into this, we usually do this at the end, but I feel like this will be helpful to put at the beginning for all you lovely people that are listening to us. Oh, are we doing? Are we doing a shout out to social medias? We could. I'm not. I was also going to mention, you know, if you are enjoying our podcast, we recognize we're oh. also we're also working on the length of the episodes. We're we're trying to. We um, are. We'll see how it goes. There's just so much. Um, but if you are enjoying our our podcast at all and feel so inclined we would really appreciate it if you would give us a a review and a rating in your podcasting app um just so it helps us become more visible especially with apple podcasts their their algorithm it's not based on downloads or anything like that it's based on ratings and reviews so we kind of are invisible and don't exist in that app right now if you search outlander we're not one of the ones that come up but that's okay we're ghosts we're ghosts, but it's okay. We're brand new. We understand. We got to earn our stripes and work our way there. Absolutely. Um, 
but we would super appreciate your help if you wish. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, and also follow us on, we have an Instagram, Twitter, and a Facebook page all at she's an outlander. No, no dots. dots. <laughs> no dots. Just no dots. Or Just anything. One word. And we would love for you to follow us so that we can engage with you and, and, um, and you can share your thoughts and ideas and things you love and, and that sort of stuff yeah. with Pretty us. Criticisms. Tell us we're crazy, what we've gotten wrong. We, we you know, well, that's fine. Ooh, yeah. I gotta, I've got to get my, my, my thick skin ready. Yeah. Oh. I know. <laughs> we're like, oh my God, they hate us. I can only imagine. Ay, ay, ay. Um, I guess we should also say, I don't, I feel like we haven't said the last couple of episodes that we're trying to upload on Mondays. Yes. As of right now, that's, the kind of the, the, the schedule, schedule right now. Yeah. We should probably say that. I feel like we really haven't said that. I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. True. Our Monday. Yeah. We've kind of chosen Mondays as our, uh, so, you know, the start of the work week. I know myself, I love uh, at the start of a work week when I'm commuting, I haven't been commuting because of COVID, but when I get to commute again, I know I definitely download podcasts, you know, and I enjoy when they come out at the start of the week and I can listen to them in my car on my way to work and that sort of stuff. So makes Mondays a little bit better. Yeah. So anywho, okay. Well, we're trying to be quick and we've already talked oh, yeah. for, for five and a half, six minutes, but that's, we're doing great. Welcome to our conversations. You can understand where, why our FaceTimes are four and a half hours long. Yep. And not just like, oh, we had a long call, like every FaceTime. It's- <laughs> I don't think there's been one that's under two hours. Like, I'm not even kidding. No. And then we'll always be like, okay, I'll talk to you later. And then like an hour and a half later, we're still going. We're like, oh my gosh, we're still talking. All right. Anyway. Okay. okay. So for real. So uh, the last episode, if we remember, was Rent. So that's where they were on the road collecting the rents. Claire. Um, oh, yeah. That was – she bothered me that episode. <laughs> Did she? Yes. Well, she was a righteous little prat. Okay. <laughs> And she she got in trouble, and she was, like, fighting over goat and then didn't even save the goat. She annoyed me. Well, and I think that's – I think that's fair because, again, what – what is really great about these characters is that they're real and they're, they're three-dimensional and they're not perfect. Real pain in the ass. <laughs> well, and, and they're not all bad. They're not all good. Even our protagonists are – have have flaws and make mistakes and need to learn things and grow and I think Claire kind of learned that a little bit last episode in the sense that like she's needing to acclimate and adjust to the fact that she is not in her own time it's it's kind of like if you go to a different country and a different culture and you're just expecting everything to have the same sense of morality and 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 the way that you do things and sometimes Mm -hmm. Sometimes things are different and there's a reason for it that we might not understand. Mm-hmm. And it's about taking the time to learn and educate yourself. And she kind of just jumps in and is like making a lot of judgments, but then is also like, why don't, why don't they trust me? Yeah. Why don't they like me? I don't know. You just accuse them all of being like thieves. Maybe I don't, why. I don't sit with thieves. <laughs> right. Making- all right, Miss Prissy, sit down. And- <laughs> Um, and, and I, yeah. And, and that's also where she discovered she was making a lot of assumptions that they were out just kind of double fisting, allowed to line their own pockets and came to the realization that there are more rebels, not criminals, that their motives were political. So they're raising funds for a Jacobite army. 
Um, and that's where we learn a little bit more. She has that memory with Frank of being on the Culloden field, Culloden Moor, and learning like the Battle of Culloden, which takes place in April of 1946. Um, the Jacobite army is wiped out. Um, it effectively marks the end of the clans and the Highlander way of life. Like speaking Gaelic was outlawed after that. The wearing of tartans was outlawed, was outlawed after that. Couldn't carry weapons. So she now knows this is coming and now is having some feels about it. I think feeling some type of way because she now knows like, okay, these men that I'm beginning to know, um, what's to become of them. And now I know that this is coming and damn, what the heck do, what do I do with this information? <laughs> so that's kind of where we, Oh, and that's then so weird because like, if she ever does get back to Frank and like her time, they're going to be all dead anyway. It's weird. But then it's like, does she try to save them yeah. for the little bit longer, but then they would still be dead to her when she got back, no matter what. Yeah. But I think it, there would still be, it might still give her a sense of comfort to know that they were still able to live a life. Like, right. yeah, yeah, even, yeah. even though it's 200 years in the future, if, if these it's just, men. No, it's just who, weird that she's only recognizing like their death now. Like no matter what, these people were dead when she was alive. Like it's yeah. just weird. But I think, again, like I think, you know, Jamie, for example, I think if she develops a fondness for him, I still think emotionally there's something to be said about knowing that he lived to be 60 or 70 versus yeah, for he, sure. he for died sure. at the age of 25 in the battle of Culloden. Like, yeah. even though, even when you travel, no. he's gone, I, I, you know, I can get that. I can understand yeah. how she's conflicted. It's interesting. Oh, definitely. For sure. And then, so it ends with Claire by the river, the water with Dougal, him being like, okay, no, seriously, who are you? Who are you working for? You're sowing the seeds of doubt what's going on and then mr british dude from before oh home, yeah 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 the redcoats are there the That's redcoats right. show up and say the redcoats like, are here the redcoats are coming um, what is that from i was gonna say i know it's such a i don't know i'll have to google it later it's the redcoats are coming yeah what is it that's from some, something some movie um but yeah so it, it ends with the redcoats appearing and saying like does the lady need assistance and, oh yeah, 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 yeah. and uh, da, 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 cliffhanger. Um, okay, so for real, now that we've talked for ten minutes, you're going doing great this. on this short episode. This episode has a lot in it. Uh, I'm gonna do my best. I, I really am. I am no uh, Iris Stephen Bear, who is the writer of this episode. So this is. Oh, episode- I was like, that was a random. I was I supposed to know that one? I was like. <laughs> No. Not who? (laughs) No. Um, So this is episode 106, uh, titled Garrison Commander, written by Ira Stephen Bear um, and directed by Brian Kelly. So Brian Kelly, has he directed the episode previous to this, and he's directed a few others. This, I believe, is the first episode written by Ira Stephen Bear. Um, And he, yeah, he is... He, um, some, from, from some interviews that I've listened to, he also has been given a lot of credit for really fleshing out the characters of Rupert and Angus because they're not, they're not that much in the books. Um, and he kind of was one of the writers that came in and really beefed those characters up and gave them these personalities. So if you like, well, thank Rupus you for Brit, that because I like Rupert and Angus. So yes. props off to him because yes. so far they're the only two I can stand. 
You're so harsh. Okay. And it's funny because I know sometimes you're saying this just to get me and I bite every damn time. <laughs> Most times I'm saying it just to get you. Every you time I bite. <laughs> um, okay. So we pick up this episode exactly where we left off in the, in the previous episode. We're, so we're back at the river and Claire and Dougal are, are standing there and you have the red coats and, and he's saying, you know, again, I ask once again, are you here by your own choice? And Claire there's like this long dramatic pause and we're like, and Dougal's looking at her and you're like, Oh, what's she going to say? And Claire says, you know, I can assure you Lieutenant or Lieutenant. They always say Lieutenant. What's the difference? I don't know. Cause it's, it's spelled the same, but I don't know if it's like the North American version is Lieutenant. Oh, but and the British, British pronounced Lieutenant. I don't know. But anyway, so that I can assure you Lieutenant, I am a guest of, of the clan Mackenzie. Um, and so then he says, okay, very well. Uh, but I know our commander is, you know, he's still going to wish to speak with you. So will you, oh, no. will it's you, a- uh, will you oh. accompany us? Will you accompany us to Brock something, some town they are probably have taken over right. uh, as they do. And so Dougal is, says, if the lady goes, I go with her. And they're like, very well. So then the next scene is kind of a riding montage. So Claire and Dougal are riding off with the red coats. Um, and we get another Claire voiceover where she says for the first time in days like this, this, this felt liberating and it felt good for her to be looked upon with sympathy and respect as opposed to hostility and, and suspicion. I just rolled my eyes. Just, I don't know if you caught that. I rolled them. They went right back in my head there. <laughs> Did. Ah! <sighs> what, what was that feel for Brett? What's that reaction to be looked upon with sympathy? As You've just English spent rose. two weeks on a horseback accusing everyone of being thieves, trying to steal a goat and starting a whole riot. <sighs> yeah, you want sympathy. This woman is testing me. All right, keep going. That's okay, though, because she's a three-dimensional character. She's not supposed to be perfect all the time. Don't worry. She can you're be gonna, perfect sometimes. You're going to learn to love her. I love, <laughs> I love me some Claire. Be, I, I wish to be Claire. Um, Anyway, I'll um, be Rupert. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a face. Uh-oh. I made a face. Um, and so, yeah. And then she talks about, cause she also talks about how she feels like a kinship with them because with the they're, British? Her, they're her countrymen. And also, even though they're, they're separated by 200 years, um, they surely, there must be some oh, the, similarity because the, yeah, the, war. the army, like she was a part of the British army. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right? that makes sense. So she feels like surely there must still be some remnants of, of and even though they're called Redcoats and not Tommies, um, surely there still must be some connection. I feel like the, with this, the army this great exponition, that's about to be all crushed <laughs> real soon. That's, she's talking too nicely about these people. They're, this is going to get a blow up in her face. About to be dashed. Um, <laughs> and, and so our next scene, um, so they arrive at this. It, so it's definitely a, uh, a little Scottish community that are still on the Mackenzie land um, okay. that the Redcoats have taken over um, and are like inhabiting. Um, and so they arrive and more voiceover and Claire's talking about how Dougal now it's Dougal's turn to now feel like the outlander and I know exactly how he's feeling and even though we're in Scotland on McKen we're still on Mackenzie land 
um, he's the outlander here right now. Well, isn't she spiteful? <laughs> Evil <laughs> little thing. Jeez, Louise. Um, ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, don't, well, let's see. Claire's okay. got some growth and learning to do. Yeah, she does. Fair. It's okay. She'll get there. I'm sure she's um, and And honestly, just like the English shade just starts right here where the, the one officer is like, all right, each man, make sure you feed and water your own horses. I wouldn't entrust their care to our Scottish hosts. So like right from the oh. jump, you're like, okay, asshole. All right. <laughs> sure. I've only just taken over their community, but sure. Yeah. Um, and so they now, so now they've like gone upstairs and they've entered this room has like a dining table and there's a bunch of red coat British generals with the white wigs and the red coat. Such on. a good look. Um, and they're all like eating and drinking and ha 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 ha. And Lieutenant Foster brings her in and says, you know, may I introduce you to Miss Mistress Beecham? She's had quite a ordeal. Um, and he, and right away the, the general, I think it's general thomas i don't know i don't even care about his name i just know he's a general um immediately he's, he's like oh it's been too long since i gazed upon a, a lovely english rose and like kissed, i just threw up in my mouth <laughs> and kisses her hand ew um and i'll definitely say it seems like claire kind of plays up her englishness here a bit mm. like the like the the demure woman of like oh why thank you general like She's kind of pl- playing it up a bit right now, playing this right. role to, to, to gain these men, the trust of these men. With her, her feminine wiles. Her femininity. Um, and so the English rose and they're like, oh, you have, to, you have quite a story to tell. And so they invite her to sit down and Dougal is, so she's at the end of the, the one end of the table and Dougal is standing beside her just standing there not saying anything he's like nope not leaving her side and um and general douche faced is what i'm just gonna call him (laughs) fair okay general douche face just right in starts starts saying starts saying stuff about how um oh what does he say he says like oh you must be a fine specimen of the local inhabitants um, you know, how, how should I refer to you? Like, what, what should Wait, I call Dougal? you? Yeah. He's like, what should I call you? Oh. And, and so just um, being blatantly rude to like the clan's brother, yes. dude. Gotcha. Yeah. And I All think right. Lieutenant Foster, uh, introduces him as Dougal McKenzie. Oh, War- and he's just pretending to not says, even know. Well, and he says war chieftain of the clan McKenzie and brother to its laird. And he again, starts in like, Oh, War chieftain, well, you live up to that name, don't you? A fine specimen of the local inhabitants. Like, what should I refer to you then? And I think Dougal says, like, you can refer to me as Mackenzie, or if you want, you can, in, in like a Scottish accent too. I get the first half, I'm not going to lie. I even needed subtitles for the second half, where he's like, you can refer to me as Mackenzie, or if it pleases you, Dougal, like, Chief Mackenzie. And I think he says something to the effect of like, but while we're here, we're considered equals. Dunna you can. And he, and, and douche face looks at him and is like, I failed to, uh, looks at all the generals and is like, I failed to understand a word the creature said. Oh, just like all laughing. And then there's one, and then there's one of the generals that sits at the end of the table that's like, um, sir, I believe he said you can call him chief McKenzie, like translating. Um, 
and he goes, oh, and, and he says something like, someone ought to really teach these people the king's English. Yes. Wow. The wow. face. Brittany wow. got wide eyes. Brittany made some wide eyes there. Yeah. Yeah. So someone ought to really teach these people the king's English. Like it's a barbarous language. It's offensive to the ear. And which, first of all, I love Scottish accents. So screw you. Yeah, they uh, are good. General douche face. And, um, and this is where Claire kind of, again, she's trying to play the role, but like she can't help herself. She like interjects and she's like, oh, well, I might remind you, sir, like there are many uh, accents and dialects within our own country that might be offensive to the air. Newcastle, for example. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, don't, the, don't even all the British make fun of Cockney? Don't they all make fun of Cockney? It, yep, yep. And, you know, you know, equally unintelligible to our ears. And he's like, oh, good point. Uh, the world would make a lot more sense if everyone spoke like Londoners. And then this is where Dougal says, if you wish to hear Londoners speak, perhaps you should have stayed in London. Oh, Dougal with the witty comeback. Ooh. And then the guy like looks at him and that now you're like, okay, he can see in his face. He's like, okay, I'm done playing. And he <laughs> says, he's like, well, if only you would behave like the loyal British subjects you're supposed to be, I wouldn't have to be living with, in these beastly conditions like basically like it's your fault we're occupying you because yeah, you won't just you won't just Complaining. do what, exactly. we're occupying you because you won't just submit and <laughs> yeah. do what we're telling you to do we took over your land and just like disposed of your you know whole royal line and like chopped off your king's head or whatever but and now you guys just won't play by our rules that's unacceptable how dare you exactly how dare you um and you don't want to give up your religion for us how dare you <laughs> exactly. Unacceptable. Um, unacceptable. And then, you know, he's like, if, if you do this, then we could return to more civilized environments. And, and then he brings up some, and I can't remember how he makes this transition. He brings up something about, although, you know, the woolen skirts are quite interesting. And then the translator guy at the end goes, um, I believe they're called tartans or kilts. And he goes, I know what they're called. <laughs> He's like buzzkill trying to step on my joke. Um, and then he's like, oh, and, he, and then he says something like, you know, I guess I could be a laird too. And he's trying to do a st stupid accent. And then he says to Dougal, so tell me one laird to another, um, you know, what do you wear under that skirt? Being like, I hear it's a grave insult to ask a Klansman what he wears under that thing. Oh, and he's like, so tell me, what do you wear under it? And then Dougal, just still very stoic face, standing right beside Claire, says, um, he's kind of like, are you purposely trying to embarrass the lass or are you just an arrogant wee smirt? And this is where he, general douche face, is all offended and pulls his knife and says, well, sir. And then it's a testosterone standoff of like, oh. And then Claire again needs to interject with her womanly Englishness and is like, now, gentlemen, you're all making fools of yourself. Just basically like calm your shit. Everyone <laughs> <laughs> take a chill pill. <laughs> Ex exactly. And then um, the general is like, yes, you know, okay. I, I tell you, you would make a fine general. He says something like, you do know how to order men about. And Dougal's like, I, well, she does that. Things like, Yep. Yep, she can order people about. Um, and then and then he like rudely dismisses Dougal being like, well, the dinner's getting cold and the claret's being spoiled. So 
uh, I'd offer you some, but as you can see, there's no room. So, um, and Dougal's like, I rather spend my time drinking in the tap room downstairs anyway. And so he just says to Claire, I'll be right downstairs. And he leaves and he goes downstairs. And so now we get like a montage of Claire eating and drinking and chatting with these men. And there's like this whole montage and you're like, "Mm, okay. And then they're like, oh, you know, you had quite a journey. And um, again, just shit talking Scotland and off. And she's like, actually, I found the countryside most beautiful. Because it's like they're talking so much shit. And she's like, actually, it's mm. not It's not that bad. Um, and again, bring up the fact that she's wanting to get to France. And then the general's like, oh, perhaps Lieutenant Foster here can help escort you to Inverness. And she's like, oh, that would be so great. So like Claire's like, yes, I'm oh, getting- Oh, she thinks this is her way out. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, if I can schmooze these men, I can get, I can get these soldiers to help me get to back to the stones is kind of what she's right. thinking. So, so she, she's very pleased with herself and she's like, Oh, well in that case, I guess I will have more wine. Oh God. <laughs> You're a slosh, Claire. What are you doing? You're going to get in trouble again. You make bad decisions when you drink. Always. Myself. Mm, Brittany, it's like looking at your own reflection. Um, she's like Put more the wine w- down. <laughs> Put the wine down when you're in a room of men. <laughs> In 1743. And and you're holding Scottish secrets of treason. (laughs) Right? Walk away. (laughs) Well, and so she's very pleased with herself. You can tell she's like feeling very stoic, but like proud. So she's having some more wine and they're all like, ah, ha, ha, ha. And then all of a sudden who burst through the door? Randall. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Go me. (laughs) Well done. One point for Brittany. Yay. Um, So yeah, Randall burst through the door and he's saying something like, general, are you aware that downstairs is, and and the general's like, and he, cause he comes in, he's got like dirt on him and the general like looks so um, disturbed and he's like, good God, man, what are you doing? You'll ruin the claret. Like he's covering the claret as if he's going to bring like dust. What is claret? It's a type of alcohol. Like oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, claret. yeah. It's like, God, you're ruining the claret. And he's like covering it so that the dust doesn't get in. And he's like, um, he, you know, he's like, oh, God. So go go outside and brush yourself off. And he goes, and, and Blackjack is like thoroughly annoyed by this. But he's like, okay. And he turns. And this is where him and Claire. And then she's like, oh, eyes. No. <laughs> So you can, they have this like little eye of standoff where he stares at her. She stares at him. They're both like, hmm. And then the general's like, oh, I would, do you two know each other? And Blackjack's like, for a second, I thought maybe, but I'm mistaken. And she's like, oh yeah, I thought the same. And so then you're like, ooh. So then he goes and stands outside in the doorway (laughs) and just stares at the general and starts like kicking his boot and like going like, like brushing the dirt off like staring at him and then he walks and he's like there i trust that uh the claret's no longer in danger i can tell you my news now like so sarcastic and dry like a seven-year-old boy when you ask him to like wipe his shoes off and they start like stamping well and he's just like he's so can't he's like i have important information to tell you i so can't be bothered i don't give an f about about your claret Like he's so un Good priorities just- for the British Army there. Exactly. He's so annoyed. So he comes back in and he's like, Are you aware that Dougal Mackenzie um is is downstairs? 
And they're like, yes, we know that. Um, you know, yeah, he's- Randall, keep up with the news. Exactly. We're late to the party. Exactly. Jeez. Um, and this is where he tells Blackjack that, uh, you know, Mistress Beecham has been traveling with them. And so this is where Blackjack's like, oh, really? So you've been with the Mackenzies. Okay. Um, and he, and then he goes like, you know, an English lady and a Scottish war chief for the life of me, I can't piece that one together. Can you, um, and they're talking and, and some of the other generals are like, the lady says that, uh, you know, her Scottish friends have been quite hospitable to her. And she's like, I didn't know the English had Scottish friends. And it's, so you're like, Ooh, it's already like a little okay. tit yeah, for tat. Intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a tip, tip for tat. And then, um, and then uh, the general's like, oh, she has quite a story to tell. I know. What if Captain Randall accompanies you to Inverness and you can tell him all about your travels and your Ooh, that's not – no, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. That was a bad option. No, yeah, no, 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 no. Like, oh, God. And that's where they're like, oh, well, they're well treated by her Scottish friends. And then um, this, is, this is where Blackjack says – um, says something about he brings up the fact of, of, of about private McCreary or no McGreevy McCreary. <laughs> Sorry, Bear McCreary. Um, private McGreevy. It's like, oh, I, I don't know how friendly Private McGreevy would find the, or, or how civilized he would find the Scottish Highlanders. And oh, is that who, someone they killed? Well, so we had to get into it. And then this is where the general goes, oh, please don't mention that. You're going to give Mrs. M- Mrs. Beecham the vapors. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and Claire goes like, I'm not easily upset. You know, please tell me. And so he tells the story of Private McGreevy, who bas- basically they found him sitting with his hands crossed in his lap cradling his head so okay so he was beheaded they're blaming it on highlanders Mm. and claire is very like well it was a sad day for everyone when private mcgreevy was stationed here in scotland and then they're like yes yes here here so she's still like trying to like play the part but she goes but she can't help but digging in like it was only a couple days ago she was like it was only a couple days ago when i was with the clan mckenzie and we came across some Highlander men hanging from, from crosses. Um, it was done by Redcoats and the generals are, are very much like, you know, well, it was likely that they deserved it. Then it was a form of justice. And Claire says, well, a rough justice. Um, and there's this tit for tat of like, well, they would have deserved it. And Claire says, both sides have committed um, ugh, these British words depredations both sides have committed depredations they should be ashamed of so basically claire's being like both sides have done awful things yeah you're in a civil war there's no real like nice clean hands-free side right like exactly no one doesn't have blood in their hands when you're fighting a war unfortunately there's no exactly and then one of there's the generals- usually horrible horrific things done by both sides generally mm-hmm. i mean some way others for sure but i mean yes. there's no like not nice yeah, well, exactly. And it's, and it's interesting because you're kind of seeing Claire, she's playing up the Englishness and she's trying to get into their good favor. But like, as they're just talking shit about the Scots, she's yeah, having sure. a really hard time just taking it and not fighting back a little bit with being like, mm. uh, 
well, actually. Um, and so, you know, and, and one of the generals is like, well, that's a, that's a woman's view of, well, that's a women's view if I've ever heard one. This is why I don't discuss politics with women. And, and Claire's like, I was under the impression we were talking about morality, not politics. Um, and at this point, you can tell Randall is suspicious. And, and he's kind of like staring at the window and he says, you know, perhaps Dougal McKenzie has shared more than just bread and shelter with the lady. Perhaps he's also shared his bed. And, <laughs> and Claire looks at him and is like, again playing the uh the womanly femininity it's just like how dare you that is yeah she's outraged she's like that is a scurrilous charge and then even the generals are like you've overstepped sir like yeah there's a sense and he goes um my apologies um and it's, so they're going back and forth again. And then again, Claire can't help it. And Claire says, the Scots just want the same freedoms we enjoy, freedoms we take for granted. They're not the aggressors, Captain. We are. It is their land and we are occupying it. Like she, she says it, she can't help it. And as soon as it comes out of your mouth, you're like, yeah, you probably shouldn't have said that. I mean, you're not wrong, but probably didn't need to say it. That's the thing is, is like, she's right. Like she's yeah. so right. Um, but it's one of those things she's in a room of British generals with this man. She's already had a not great encounter of and has heard awful things about, but it's, Mm -hmm. but that's Claire though. Claire, Claire's very intelligent. She's very smart. She's very rational, rational and logical, but she still has that emotional reflex to stuff. And she's still figuring out how to play the game here. Like she's still figuring out. You know, and it's interesting because I watched, as I watched this episode, I, there's so many parts where I'm like, man, I would have been so dead. Like, I thought this was, <laughs> like, I would have been so been dead. Done. Yeah. I, I wasn't making out of that. I would have been so screwed. I would not have lasted long. So, you know, I, I, under, I, I can appreciate the, the trickiness of this. Um, but yeah, so at this point, so she says it's their land and we're occupying it. And then when the general is like, I was under the impression that it's the King's land, You're like, Oh, awkward. And blackjack says, um, the ladies lived among the savages too long. It started to impact her thinking. And the general's like, yes, we must get her away from this, from these savages and into the bosom of her motherland. And you're like, Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Oh God! Right? Yeah. Oh Lord! Oh Lord! Oh God! Oh God! Um, yes, because us women—we're just those fragile creatures. <laughs> Our minds are. Her mind's getting warped. It's just—it's too fragile. It can't handle that many complex thoughts at once. Exactly right. It's overwhelming. Um, and so this is getting quite tense. And then uh, another soldier barges in and and says about how some men were fired upon by. Uh, some rebel Scots and, you know, two men are, one man is, man is wounded and two have been killed and they can't find the surgeon. And what do we think happens? Does she volunteer? Nurse Claire into action automatically stands up and they're like, where are you going? And she's like, I told you I had medical training. And she like walks out the door to go downstairs. She's like, oh, I got this. I got this. Um, so, and, and as she's leaving, Blackjack is locked in on her now. Like he is staring at her. He has this Not evil, creepy at all. Mm, 
you keep thinking Jamie's creepy. Wait till you watch some. To- <laughs> Wait till you see some Tobias Menzies as Blackjack Randall acting. Oh, brother, is that man good at being just maniacal and devious and just huel? Because um, he and he does this thing with his mouth too. It kind of reminds me in one of the Harry Potters. Remember Barty Crouch, where he kept doing the thing with the tongue, where he'd be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." Ew, he does – it's not quite that fast, but he does yeah. this – he has this weird tick he does with his mouth where he kind of does just like to a – like make you uncomfortable? Yeah. For all of those listening, I just tried to show Bernie. I'm not as – Yeah, it was kind of weird. <laughs> but it is weird when you watch it and he – because at this point he's Wait, locked show me again. in her. Let me see it again. Ribbit, ribbit. But – um. Oh, your eyes went so squinty and focused. You were really concentrated yep. for that. I appreciate yeah, it. I was really channeling my inner Tobias there. Um, great. So yeah, at this point, he's super locked in on her, and you're like, oh, well, this isn't good. Um, and so now, so now Claire's walking down the stairs to go downstairs to help this man, and Dougal's down there waiting. He reminds me of you know the 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 guy from Pirates of Caribbean. We hate that it's obsessed with Kira Knightley. He reminds me of him. Um, yeah, well, from the first, what, the Jeffrey Rush character from the first one? Yeah. You know, the one that's like, try is supposed to marry her and then she jumps off the, she yeah. fades and, off the cliff and then she runs away. Interesting. With Turner. Mm-hmm. Because like, he's like obsessed with her, even though you're like, why? And she's oh, like, British, you know? The, not, no, okay, not Jeffrey Rush, but the, 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 the British soldier, Captain yeah, guy. Yeah, 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 that she was supposed to marry. He's a little bit more like dashing though. Like Blackjack oh, okay. is like there's some darkness there like oh. black like blackjacks it like well scary. i mean okay that guy though did try to kill them all when he got rejected you know what i forgot about oh so, good like, point straight up put them all to the hang good point i forgot nightly included yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. killed her father so he didn't take rejection well fair enough that's he, that's the vibes i'm getting from him yeah he's just he he hid his his um evilness a little bit better by being like dashing kind of like um um hans in frozen if anybody's seen that where he's just like all dashing oh, dashing yeah, dashing the one that they tried to marry right away that anna tried to marry yeah which yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe meet know someone more than like four hours before you decide to sing and sing well singing fine but before you decide Wait, to so, marry mm-hmm. each other yeah because then he goes right right that moment right at the end where he's like where she's like, someone needs someone who loves me needs to kiss me or something before my heart turns to, to ice. Yeah. He, goes, he goes, Oh, if only there was someone here that loved you. And you're like, <gasps> Yeah. Oh, Did, no. yeah. Didn't he say he was like so easy to convince you because you were so desperate for love? Yeah. He yes. was a mean character for Disney to create. He was harsh, jerk face. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, so also, that's Frozen that guy too. I hated that. Don't tell I haven't seen it yet. Don't ruin it. I, I want to watch it. Okay. Fair. I hated it. But I need to go okay, watch we'll it. We'll talk about it once you watch it. Okay. I anyway, side okay. tangent. Cause we want to keep on track. We're, we're, we're okay. We got, we're this. doing okay. We're like at the 40 minute mark. I'm okay. so, but we have a heavy scene to get to. Um, okay. so, so now Claire, so now Claire goes downstairs to, to help this man. Um, and we see Dougal is, is down, is down there standing by the stairs. And as she comes, he kind of like grabs her arm and he's like, Claire, are you okay? Last, like I saw, I saw Randall go upstairs and Claire's like, Oh, do okay. they know that Randall attacked her? Yes. Cause she, Oh, she did say that. Okay. Well, cause, cause Myrta saved her from him. 
Oh, okay. I didn't right? know that he had told everyone. Yeah, well, and then uh, Gollum. <laughs> Frick. <laughs> Gollum, yeah. Gollum knew. She told, like, uh, okay. right? So they know. Okay. But he's Got it. like, are, are you okay, Lass? Like, I saw I saw Randall upstairs. First and she's all, like, yeah, I'm fine. Don't pretend to care. We don't like you, Dougal. Go get <laughs> stuffed. <laughs> but then she – Try to make she, me like you. Not going to work. <laughs> she asks him um, – was it, did Jamie and the others attack these men? And and Dougal's like, I'm not gonna spare any tears for for these redcoats. But no, my men would never uh, launch this attack without my with my approval. So I know it wasn't my men that that launched this attack. Mm, okay. So Claire's like, okay, well the army's gonna be looking for someone to blame, and it would make me feel better if you all made yourself scarce. Like uh, they're gonna be looking for someone to blame. I don't want them to come and blame you. So scram. Oh, so just leave her there. Or, or at least don't be in plain sight. And no. um, so then Nurse Claire goes into action. She jumps into action with this amputation. Oh, yeah, there's an amputation of the arm. It's, like, real bad. She's immediately jumping in, like, you, get me linens. You, get me something to tourniquet this. You, do this. And then she's, like, got the situation handled. And then the surgeon finally appears and goes, I'm the surgeon here. Do you know what you're doing? And she's, like, Yes, I know enough to know that arm can't be saved. And then she's like, and he's like, you're not going to faint, are you? And she's like, I've seen worse. So she gets to the other side and she's like, you hold his legs down. You do this. And then the guy's like, put this in your mouth and bite, general, bite until your teeth crack. <laughs> to like bite down on something. Oh, the leather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, cause they're, okay, this is reminding me of, I'm having another flashback. You know, the Friends episode, the Phoebe is the Thanksgiving flashback of all her previous lives. And she's the nurse. And like so, yeah. in France and she's like got the arm and it was like a bomb and it was like the arm I'm holding I, no, her arm gets thrown off and it's like blood. she's like oh no my arm bring <laughs> in my head right now just if anyone was wondering that's what you're envisioning um yep. and so then basically they this guy's awake and they got to start amputating his arm and it's like can you even knock him out like why don't you just like just head. knock his head out. No, yeah. they they give him. I'm assuming probably laudanum, like a little bit of something. But it's who mm. are we kidding? That's not enough. No, there was a lot of screaming as they start sawing in blood, and I just wrote yuck. <laughs> like, <I> just, <laughs> being like ew. Um. So then that happens, and now we flash to okay next scene. So Claire's wiping the blood off of her hands and everything, and she's returned to the room back upstairs. And she walks in, and all of the generals are gone now, and it's just Black Jack Randall sitting in there. Uh-oh. Um, Spaghetti-o. Uh-oh, Spaghetti-o. And uh, he, it's him and a, a younger private or soldier or whatever who is shaving him with a razor. That's always so weird to me. They always just do that. You just throw those scenes in. Did it really happen that often? I feel like every time there's a war movie, there's just someone getting shaved. <laughs> like even God. in like G, uh, G.I. Jane with Drew mm-hmm. Barrymore, that was a whole up thing about her hair getting shaved off. Why is that so like such a war thing to always be shaving? I don't know. People are always getting shaved during war movies. I don't that straight razor. I don't know. Yeah. You gotta, like The British got to look good. Gotta look. Um, As you get your arm chopped off, you can't have that five o'clock shadow. Like people are getting amputated and he's getting shaved. That's Bla- ridiculous. Blackjack don't give no it's about that have you learned nothing about this man yet um and uh, yeah so now so claire's like where's lord thomas and everyone else and he's like lord thomas is off off hunting rebels um and claire notices (laughs) so claire now notices that um 
she clocks the razor that's being used. And so now we go to a flash, another flashback, flash forward to the forties and it's of Claire and Frank and she's shaving him using the same razor. And he talks about how it's this razor that's been in his family for generations. Oh my God. Ew. It's the same razor. Ew. That's gross and creepy. I don't like it. Yes. Like weirdly incestual. and I don't like it. Yes. Well, because as she said in earlier episodes, Blackjack is supposed to be his direct ancestor. Yeah. Um, he, like, and he's to, been assaulted her. Disgusting. <laughs> well, and so uh, she has this flashback now and she's like, don't you want to take this with you? And Frank's like, and risk losing it. No, it's been in my family for generations. I'll keep it into your safe keeping. And no no she Um, held on to it i think during the war although she went to the front line too so i don't i don't know where it would have gone whatever um but okay so we so okay that and then we flash back okay now back into the present the past present um and (laughs) the future the middle ground i don't know the time war purpose my brain um and so now the private is 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 shaving black jack and he's he's tense because he's like he's like please stop moving sir like my skills aren't very good and black jack totally takes this as like a power tripping move being like you must control your nerves you're not letting your nerves control you otherwise your target and so he has him sit down and he he I was like, this is very like Sweeney Todd vibe where he like has, yeah, yeah. (laughs) He has the razor to his neck and is like, and dry shaves him for a second. He goes, you must have control there. See, like just total power dominance thing. And you can, and you can see this young private is like crapping his pants. Like he's like, okay, sir. So then he, you know, gets up and leaves. And so now it's just Claire and blackjack. Um, and she's still trying to get to Inverness. So she's bringing this up again. And Blackjack is kind of like, okay, well, I, you know, I have some questions at this point. Um, you're, and he says to her that your loyalty is in a very questionable light. And she's like, I'm trying to play down. Like, what are you talking about? I'm just trying to get to France and da da da. And, and then he says, he's like, you know, we should be honest with each other. I'll, and she's like, well, my honesty will, uh, will match your honesty. And then he says, um, you know, first of all, I wish to apologize about our first meeting. Ew. Take your apology and shove it. <laughs> um, apology. Yes. About our first oh, meeting. Lose a hand and I'll let you apologize (laughs) and then he invites her to sit down and he says so now let us begin tell me who you are and why you're in scotland um and she again starts to to tell the story well i'm from oxfordshire and she gets like a sentence in and he says um i thought we pledged honesty to each other like there are no there are no beachums in oxfordshire and she that i know of and she's like well how would you know how would you know hey like seeing that your family hails from Sussex and he's like, uh, how do you know that? And you're like, Oh, Claire, Claire, come you on. suck at this. Come on. Although I'm like sitting there being like, I can't judge her. I can't, I would be, I'd be doing so bad in this situation. Like I got no game face, no poker face. Like I'd be so screwed. Um, but he's basically like, uh, how do you know that? And she goes, oh, your, your accent. I'm married it's- to your, like, great-great-grandson. <laughs> Great-great-great-great-great. Um, and she says, oh, well, your accent, it's from Sussex, clearly from Sussex. 
And he's like, oh, well, my, my parents would be very upset that they spent all this money on tutors that to, to try to change my accent. They'd be upset to hear that. Um, and then he starts speaking to her in French. Like he's like, voulez-vous français? And she's like, oui, très bien. And she starts like, <laughs> she starts speaking oh. something else. And then he says something to her and she's like, and it's to the effect of something of like, oh, well, you don't look like a prostitute. He says, he says to her, you don't, you don't look like a lady who would rouge her nipples. What? I don't even know what that means. Is that insulting or like, is that what prostitutes, is that what prostitutes do back then? Rouge their nipples. For what purpose? Ba- basically being like, I, is that what prostitutes do? I don't know, Brittany, but basically she's like, <laughs> she's like, your cheeks. I don't know. And so she's kind of like, thanks. So he asks, what's your maiden name? And she's like, she kind of deflects because you can tell that is her maiden name. Beecham is her maiden name. Yeah. Right. Um, And you could tell she she kind of deflects and she goes, with all due respect, sir, I just want to to carry on my, like she's trying to like get out of this. Um, And then he again brings it back to, well, doesn't she just have a friend? Don't didn't you grow up with a child? Like I can think of twenty different name last names I can pull off the top she, of my head. She's not trying to engage in this conversation. She keeps trying to deflect and be like, "I want to get to France. I just need to get to Inverness. Like I don't want anything. I don't, you know." And and he's not buying it. And he's like, "Explain to me how a lady found like I'm very I'm deeply troubled by this. Like a lady found in her undergarments who, when I tried to question you, I was struck down by a member of." A Scottish, a band of Scottish First of all, rebels. It's not questioning. Just get that straight. Thought we weren't lying to each other here, Captain Randall. Right. In his version, he was well. He's asked questions, and then she ran, and then he chased her, and then tried to assault her. So, I mean, like, you can ask a question more than once. So, so right oh, I agree. <laughs> agree. I agree, Brittany. And so he's like, you know, I tried to question you and then I was struck down by a member of a, a band who I later found out as a member of the Scottish rebels led by Dougal Mackenzie. And, um, and she's like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's kind of like, basically this scenario paints you either as an empty headed trollop or as an agent in league with the King's enemies. And she's Claire's like, are those my only two options? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I like either of those, although being a trollop, that'd be fun. Um, and then this is where black Jack says, well, if there's another choice, I advise you, madam, not to keep it to yourself. And Claire's like, condescending oh. little ass, eh? And this is where Claire tries to put on a performance. And I got to say, like, I give her props. Again, if I put myself in this position, I don't know how I would fare here. Like, it's not easy. Um, And she kind of puts on this performance where she starts telling the story of how it was a matter of the heart. And she fell in love with this soldier who then was, was stationed here. And so she followed him and found out that he ended up being the most licentious man. And it was, it was not love. And now she's running away from it. It wasn't love that he felt it was lust. And when I resisted his, he was a whoremonger. And when I refused him, he attacked me and I fled in nothing but my shift. And that's when I came across you. And she's putting on the waterworks in this moment. Like she's got tears, like not like, but like there's tears pulling up in your, and I, I mean, I have to say, 
right away I was like, I don't think he buys it. But I was like, for a woman that really can't lie, you know, good job, Claire. Like she's 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 given her acting chops. Again, I don't know if I would be able to do the fake waterworks and the trying to like she's really trying to sell it. Um, and so then he says, um, okay, like what was his name? Mm. And Claire's like, shit. <laughs> yeah, you really um, didn't think through your story. He's gonna know the soldiers. And so then she says, uh, well, I don't, I don't want to stoop to his level. And if I were to tell you his name, it would ruin his reputation and his name. And I can only hope, um, as well, like, I don't want to lower myself to his level. And I can only hope that you prove yourself to be the gentleman you claim to be and do not pry any further. Oh my God. Which, how do we think that's going to go? I don't think that's going to go well at all. I feel like she's about to get assaulted again. (laughs) Oh well. Um, I feel like his patience is wearing thin with her, mm, her antics. For well, and so it's quiet and he stands up and he walks to the other side of the table and reaches into his coat pocket and grabs a knife and grabs a piece of charcoal and starts sharpening it. And oh no, this is where I messed it up, where she's just like, I, I hope you won't pry any further. And that's when he gets up, grabs the charcoal, and then mm-hmm. starts drawing on like a napkin and then says, What what was his name? And that's when she says, I do not oh. wish to to lower my station and ruin his reputation and blah 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 blah. And then he finishes drawing and he looks at her and goes, Come here, what do you think? And she goes over and he's kind of drawn a quick little portrait of her on a napkin and she and Claire's and Claire goes, Claire goes, um, oh, you've captured my likeness. And he goes, oh, really? I call it beautiful lies. And you're like, oh. So he didn't believe shit. So the whole time <laughs> he's just like, he's, you're a liar. Mm. And my delivery sucked. But when you watch the episode and he's just because it's like tense and quiet, he goes, I call it beautiful lies. And you're like, <gasps> oh, God. Start sweating a little bit, feeling a little worried for Claire here. Um, And then he gets kind of straight to the point with her. And he's like, listen, I know Dougal McKenzie is collecting funds for the Jacobite cause. I only lack the proof. You know, you say you want to get to Inverness. Give me the proof I need. Basically, you give me the proof that I need and I'll help you get to Inverness. Um, Which, what do you... What do you think, Claire? Like, what would you do in that situation, Brittany? I think I know what you would do. <laughs> I mean, you really want to get back home, and they're gonna kind of lose anyway. <laughs> Just they're not it along. Winning. You kind of know, like they're going down. Yeah. Even if you let them collect these funds and go to war, they're not winning. They're all gonna yeah. die. Well, but if she talks right now too, she knows. All of those men are getting arrested and probably hanged for treason. Right, right. And then if she says she knows nothing, she's stuck in a room with a man with a knife. Yep. So that's not great. She's in a pickle. (laughs) Um, Because as you can see, Claire is kind of – She's grown, like, I think it's fair to say she's grown an attachment and she, she senses like, okay, these, the red coats are maybe kind of what you were saying before about, she needs to understand that maybe the red coats are not always the good guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and that, yeah, I don't know if I would say she has loyalty to the McKenzie's just yet, but I definitely think she's not, she doesn't want to snitch. She ain't, Claire ain't no snitch. 
Snitches get stitches. Exactly. She's not trying to snitch on them. True. Because no, she, she knows she knows she's- You can't give them up because that dude's probably not going to give you safe passage anyways. Anyway. You've been going around with Jacobites and holding your tongue for weeks now, helping them collect. Like, mm-hmm. you're not going anywhere. Exactly. You're in trouble anyway. Exactly. No. And so- Whenever they give you those deals and they're like, you're going to get out of this if you tell me what I want. Yeah, you're never getting out of there. You're dying oh, anyway. Exactly. They always don't give them what they you. want. You always, at least if you're alive, you have something over the, like if you don't say anything, you have something to bargain with. As soon as you mm. tell, you got nothing to bargain with. Now it's you're like you're done. Sense. Exactly. Um, and she's, she doesn't want to be so quick to just like sentence all these men to be hanged as traitors. So she's like, mm, so nice what is, well, what does Claire do? Claire basically plays dumb. She's like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Like she's just keeps deny, 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 deny. And he doesn't believe her. She denied, so he's like, you haven't seen or heard anything in all this time that you've been on the road with the Mackenzies. And she's like, you know, how many times do I have to tell you I don't know anything? And he says, I would not believe you, madam, if you told me night is dark and day is bright. And you're like, well. He's yeah. a charmer. So then at this point, Claire kind of refuses to keep talking. She's like, I know, I, I hold no claims over you. I hold no claims over, like, all I want is to get back. Um, I don't know anything. I will sit here and wait as long as I have to for Lord Thomas to come back and, and, you know, send me safe passage. And this is when Blackjack says, you will not leave this room until I am satisfied that you are as innocent as you claim to be. Um, okay, I would she's have, a prisoner again. That's fun. And he says, uh, I advise you to cooperate or I'll use methods less pleasant than talk. Yeah. yeah we knew this was going this direction right yeah. um and then this is where so now they're sitting at the table and claire says to him that i will i've heard about your methods captain what would you do lay my back lay lay my <gasps> back open to the bone don't talk about things you're not supposed oh girl he's got a bounty on his head you're dumb and so then <laughs> She's so dumb. She can't. She can't. She does so not like dumb. him. Because she be quiet. <laughs> she's like, what? Would you lay my back bare open to the bone? And he, and you know, she's like, I hear you. You find flogging is somewhat of a sport. And he's like, no, I take it very seriously. And she again mentions Jamie's flogging. She doesn't use that name. She says, uh, I heard that you flogged a poor Highlander boy. Uh, almost to death for for stealing for stealing a loaf of bread, and he goes, "That boy is wanted, is a wanted thief and idiot. murderer." You're an idiot. Um, and this is where this also clarified because remember when when we talked about we were like, "Well, why was he in jail and what happened?" So I remember, so I was able to trace it again now. So he originally was arrested for obstruction. So that's when the redcoats came and were attacking his sister and right. trying to take stuff, and he got in the way. So he got arrested for obstruction then. Um, and he, so then he was in Wentworth prison and then I believe he attempted to escape. They caught him and he was flogged hundred lashes with the cat of nine tails. That's a lot. And then I think he was maybe starving and tried to take an extra piece of bread. And that's what the second flogging was for. She's really dumb. Why did she bring this up? She's an idiot. She, she annoys me. Claire annoys me. Screw it. I like Jamie now. Claire's annoying. <laughs> but I want you I'm to like both stalker. of them. No, I'm team stalker. Stalking <laughs> is less irritating than this. 
Why would you bring up, you know, he has a bounty on his head and he's hiding. He's literally been hiding in barns this whole time because he doesn't want anyone to know where he is. And you're just running around. Oh yeah, I know his whole story. And I've seen his lashes and let me just, what are you going to do? You're going to shame him? Like, what was the point of this? Oh, I'm annoyed. He's annoying me so much. Oh my God, I'm dying. Oh, like, what is she, what, what, what is the point of shaming him? Like, you have this story that he almost killed him by flogging him. Do you think he didn't know that? Like, what was, you were going to one-up by him by tell, saying that you know Jamie and you know that he didn't kill him? Like, you're giving him away. What? Brittany's spiraling. <laughs> okay, so to, to, to bring it back, I mean, to be fair, I don't think she's trying to be like, I know about Jamie, but it's, it's, she she does not like blackjack and she's basically trying to say like i know you're an awful person i've heard that you've done x y and z you think you can scare me like i know how awful you are okay but you should be scared dumb mm-hmm. dumb also that's not helping anyone how are you helping anyone in this situation because now you're sympathizing even more with the rebels one of which is downstairs just by himself what yep. are you doing can I just shake her through the book? Just like through, through the book, through the screen. Yes. I feel like this is one I want to mark down as an episode I want to watch with you. There's quite a few. This one, the next yeah. one. Yeah. A couple more after that. I, I love it though, because I, I feel you. There's there are ep- you get a you you go on a journey with these characters and you get so frustrated with them with sometimes, but ultimately you still love them, but you it's like I'm disappointed in you. Be better. Be better. (laughs) Disappointed, but not surprised. (laughs) Right. I know you can be better. Um, So, okay. So, yeah. So, she says, you know, this poor Highlander boy, and this is where Blackjack says, that boy is a wanted thief and murderer, which the thief part is he stole a loaf of bread. I'm like, hmm, this sounds very Les Mis, like Jean Valjean stealing a loaf of bread. (laughs) Um, Good one. And this is where he then sits down. Oh, and he says something because Claire says, I heard all he stole was a loaf of bread. And he says, oh, who told you that? Dougal McKenzie. He was there, you know, uh, at mm-hmm. the flogging. Um, so he was flogged for trying to escape and then flogged for stealing. Um, and then this is where he sits down at the table um, and the intensity starts. And so this is where we get uh, so this next whole section kind of flash it's it's present in the room them talking and then also flashes back to the flogging like we're kind of oh, okay. we kind of flash back and forth so we kind of get a flash back to the flogging and there's the voiceover where he says uh, yes he was he was flogged earlier in the week um, by a man very experienced with the cat of nine tails however the boy didn't break he took his punishment without making a sound which just pissed yep. Blackjack right off. Um, okay, Hunger Games vibes again. <laughs> right? And then, um, so we see Jamie being led out. Um, it looks very cold also. I'm like, oh, someone give him a blanket. <laughs> so he, he's being led out and he there's a crowd watching. He's led onto the, um, I don't know, the, the thing that has the pillar and he's in shackles and they they ha- he takes his shirt off and his shirt's kind of coated in blood in the back. And he takes his shirt off and you see all of the, the not even scars, wounds. They're full on wounds because it's only been a few days from the first flogging. 
and you're like, and the thought, oh my God, they're going to whip that. That's disgusting. Oh, could you imagine? Could you imagine? It's like, it's like when I have a bruise, um, it's like, you know, when you have a bruise and then someone touches the bruise and you're like, ow, could you imagine having like a hundred lashes on your back and then being lashed on top of the lashes? No, not at all. No, I could not. I physically could not imagine that. So, um, so he comes out and he takes his shirt off. We can see the scars on his back and we can see Dougal is, is in the crowd watching and, um, they kind of, he's got his back to the crowd and they string his arms up. So he's handcuffed and his arms are hooked onto like a pole. So Mm -hmm. he's like standing there and we see, um, so this is who he's being strung up and all whipped from the first flogging. And then this is where Blackjack's voiceover says, I decided, I decided that a further hundred lashes were in order and I wanted to administer them myself. Um, and so he goes up and kind of, he's almost like sniffing Jamie. It's really weird. And <laughs> he that like, it's very weird. And then he gets real close and Jamie's like trying to be stoic and he's shivering a little bit because it looks freaking cold. And then Blackjack takes the handle of the whip and just pushes it into his back. Oh my god! And Jamie's like, oh, and, you're, and even watching it, I was like, ow. Um, and he mentions, you know, I usually prefer to work on a blank canvas. It makes it easier for me to track the damage I'm inflicting, but this will do. Ew. Yep. Ew. Ew. Yep. I don't even. Ew. I don't even like that. That. Ew. I. Mm-hmm. You don't like what? You don't like that. What? I don't even like that. That's a thing. An analogy. Is, yeah. I don't like that. Oh, yeah. Blackjack sees this as his artwork. That's gross. So Jamie's shaking, and he says to him, you're shaking. Are you scared? And then Jamie just pauses. Oh, my God. Looks- is he Hannibal Lecter? What is going on? <laughs> Hello, Clarice. Yeah. Oh, my God. That would explain the weird mouth yeah. twitch. Is he, like, Hannibal's just time traveling, too, and he's just, like, in the back back then when no one could catch him? Maybe. how to, like, eat people whenever he wanted. He's <laughs> just like, but, um, so he says, oh, are you scared? And Jamie looks at him and says, I'm just afraid I'll freeze stiff before you're done talking. Like, just oh, refusing. Okay. He's, like, refusing okay. to bend. You know, he, he's refusing to bend his will to this man. Um, and I don't give props for stupid ma- machonism. <laughs> so... It's apparently a Scottish Highlander trait. Um, and so, and then at this point, because he's very much like to Blackjack, like, you know, you're not going to get the better of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Blackjack just looks at him and says, I will break you. And then just punches him in the stomach. Oh, great guy. Um, and again, du- Dougal's watching. And so again, we're flipping back and forth. So we go back to Claire and Blackjack and there's more of a voiceover. Um, and Blackjack starts talking about how, you know, the thought of the whip coming down across that pitiful raw flesh made my stomach flutter and my legs shake. And then Dude, he- get some help. Go to a therapist. <laughs> Talk about your issues. <laughs> Holy good crap. Uh-huh. Um, and so then we now flash and he's, he's whipping him and flogging him. And he says, you know, I intended to pace myself a hundred lashes. It's really fatiguing to the arm, but. Oh, you poor, poor, poor thing. Right. Um, and so now we've flashed and we're, we're seeing he's whipping Jamie. They're honestly the freaking prop, like props to the makeup department here. Cause this is so. 
Um, there's, oh, it's so gross. Like, so he's whipping it and there's like blood spurting out of his back. Um, you can see bits of flesh like flailing off. That's sick. I just wrote, God, it's nasty. Like, it's so gross. Like, props to the makeup department. I have to – because it's – literally, you can see the blood spurting in real time, right? So it's like he whips them, and then you can see blood spurt down his back, and you're just like – like, it's super gnarly. That's um, really, really disgusting. And and uh, with more voiceover Blackjack saying, like, the boy refused to cry out, and I wondered, did he hope to stir me to pity? If so, like, he was – he was sadly mistaken. I was hurting him. I could feel it. Um, and again, he... You need, like, serious help. Oh, like, I told you. Good Lord. How, like, okay, let's say this was real. <laughs> Do the army people just let this happen? Is no one being like, hmm. There's a whole crowd watching. Like, is no one like, I get that he's a criminal, but this seems a bit much. I like is that just not a thing? Well, like, because even in real life context, like you hear about all these horrible things. Brittany like, Guantanamo. I like, know, I know. Th- those pictures that came about the Brit, about the the American soldiers where they were posing with. Um, I know the bodies. I know, but it's like, does no one? And they stripped like, them naked, and they like it happens. It happens. You I don't know? like that though. Sometimes I don't like being a human. Yeah, fair enough. It's gross. It's gross. And I really think when gross. you, when you, Could you talk, imagine like getting pleasure out of that? Ew. Well, even if you think back to like, remember like this, uh, remember, I don't know if you studied in school at all, like the Stanford prison experiment. Um, did you hear about that at all? It was mm. also turned into a movie. It no, was, what was that? it was a social psychological study done at Stanford university about um, power and authority. Um, oh yeah. And the students, like the, some the, were the prisoners and some were the guards. Yes. And like they instantly started abusing each other. Like the guards well, were just well, the, like power. Yeah. Tricks. Like they had to end, they had to end the yeah. the study early because it was like, they were just taking it way too far. And it just, it really showed how, power and authority can totally corrupt and then there are always the people that they're that are um complicit who might not like it but they're it's kind of like um the milgram experiment as well where they were under like were were the german ss soldiers just inherently evil about the banality of evil like were they just inherently evil or was it everyday regular people could be driven to do awful things given the right context of circumstances they have it they have a superior over them yeah that Um, always made the decision so they were said it's like not it wasn't my decision i I was i was following orders Orders. or i yeah which which in i think in the nuremberg trials a lot of the soldiers were saying like i was just following orders yeah right um you know which is so god we could go on a whole tangent of look at what's happening in the states right now with freaking military being called in on protesters and i'm sure a lot of those soldiers are like i'm just following orders like it gets it gets sticky right so as a species we're not great with power we're not great when things are unequal between any like groups of people individuals of people well kids uh, and like there's so many like even yeah i was watching like a thing the i am a killer documentary whatever on netflix and the one the one of them was like talking about how there's this kid and he was like he got lit on fire by his mom and i was like how do how do we do this to each other mm-hmm. i don't understand Again, anyways that's a tangent of sometimes i'm just concerned yeah, to be a human so so when we think that this maybe is too much or it's not realistic like 
I feel like stuff like this probably happened. Oh, it probably did. It's just and disturbing that it – no, that's the it thing. Is. It's disturbing that it's probably the truth, and there was probably people that enjoyed it. There's probably mm-hmm. people that did it just because it was an order, and they didn't want it. Like, if you didn't follow orders, then you're going to get, yeah. you know, court-martialed like, and yeah. thrown in jail yourself, right? Like, you're not allowed yeah. to not listen to orders. So I'm sure there's exactly. those people. And I'm sure there's also the people that, like, liked it. Yeah, like, like there was Blackjack. The that, yeah, or the people that during, you know um, – the holocaust were signing up to work in the camps and signing up to like mm-hmm. decide who lived like that was yep. the thing right those are truths and it's just it's yep. disturbing sometimes to it, know that that was probably real yeah yeah so so blackjack is very much someone that's seeming to get pleasure out of this and like there are people watching there's a crowd watching there are other red coat soldiers watching because he is a prisoner and he's being punished so this is allowed to happen yeah. um and you know, Blackjack again describes the feeling of the whip in his hand and feeling Ew. it explode and crack on his flesh. And and he said, "But the boy would not beg for mercy." So he's uh, this, his mission is to break him. And Jamie, it's like the one. See, I see it. You see it as him being stupid. I see it as Jamie being like, "This is the only bit of power that I have." And I will yeah, not like. I suppose. I, I will not let you take this. From yeah, me. you can take my dignity, take my freedom, but you can't make me. You're not going to break for help. Yeah. I'm not going to break you or you're not going to break me. This is, this is what I hold on to. Right. That's like your last stand. Right. Of just mm -hmm. being like, you can take everything else. No, that's fair. And that's powerful. And like, no, kudos to that. That's kind of, that's kind of how I see. I mean, it's brutal as all hell. And so at this point, Jamie can barely stand. There's like a pool of blood behind him. His shoes also keep slipping in his own blood. And, and every time he drops, he's like hanging by his arms. Right. Cause he's hanging Mm. up um he's looking real and this is where you see this is where you see the flesh hanging off of his back and it's i just i just wrote ew it's oh god i've watched it so many times and i watched it again last night and i audibly just went like oh god oh there was some f-bombs dropped it was a lot just say i bet you like as much as it hurt to get flogged the next day must have really sucked you know how like next friggin' month you kind of go like into shock and like you start losing going numb the next day it stops being numb it's it's the recovery well like at this like i said at this point he's he's starting to lose consciousness so at that point it's like that would be like that's probably the prayer right you pray to like just knock me out knock me out let me go unconscious although i'd be worried he's gonna die of blood loss because holy hell there's a lot of blood coming from his back like good god like a hundred lashes is a lot um twice in a week and so at this point black and this is where it gets like blackjack is just whipping 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 and jamie's almost unconscious at this point and the crowd is like finding it really hard to watch and blackjack has like blood on him like jamie's blood is spread on him he looks like tired and out of breath and it's just like oh and like still going because he's like he is determined to break this guy and then he he's getting frustrated because Jamie's not breaking. And he goes up to him. He grabs Jamie by the hair and pulls him close to him and says, like, says like look at me. And he just screams in his face and goes, wah. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. I think maybe you're the one breaking, dude. Literally. And then he, he goes, like, is that enough? And Jamie doesn't speak. Jamie doesn't say anything. Um, and more flogging. And at this point, Blackjack is kind of losing his shit a bit. Like he just is like whipping him, whipping him, whipping him. And then one of his guards, one of the guards like faints because he's like, this is too much to watch. And so this is where Blackjack talks about one of my guards fainted like a little girl and the, and the crowd started to laugh. And that just 
triggers Blackjack, and he turns to the crowd He's and he yells, like, "Small penis and his energy, eh?" <laughs> Uh, some small dick energy right there right right and um an unconscious man is triggering you yep Mm -hmm. because he's not breaking and so blackjack is like pissed by this and he goes to the crowd like silent and he says you know any any and jamie at this point is like pretty much almost unconscious and he in blackjack says that it was it was in that moment that i determined to bleed him to the bone and more so it just whew, flogging 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 crowds having a hard time to watch jamie is fully unconscious there's blood coming out of his mouth now ew like not doing to the point where you're like oh my god you're gonna kill him like you're gonna yeah. kill him um and he just um and he's fully just dangling by his wrists unconscious and blackjack is just whipping the crap out of him still like it's it's someone just like grab a revolver just like shoot him but he is he is the he's the captain. He's a higher in command at that point. They're just going along with it. I know, it's awful. Um and so now, okay, we finally go back to the present. So we're back into the room. Um and Blackjack says, like, you know, but they they were a horror the crowd was horrified, but um they were fools. All they could see was the horror. I could see the beauty. I saw the truth. That boy and I, we were creating a masterpiece. It's the- ew. Yes. Ew. Ew. Yep. Ew. Ew. Yep. 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 This is some real Hannibal Lecter sh- shit. Like this is like peel your skin off and make a dress <laughs> level nonsense. Like ew, our torture is beautiful in the pain. Ew, this is like yep. some ew, deep, weird, nasty, dark craziness. Uh-huh. This I is like cult you. level where it's like, oh, we all I don't know, sacrifice someone to the beauty. Yeah, I feel uncomfortable. It's uh, try watching it, man. Try watching it. Um, and he says, to, and then he says to Claire, like, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And at this point, we get a shot of Claire, and Claire's sitting there and has been listening to that this. Sounds like a serial killer, like, like a CSI, like a like a Criminal Minds episode where it's like, yep. He's talking to like the woman tied to a table and is like, mm-hmm. you don't know how beautiful your bones are. That's serial killer. That's like criminal mind. <laughs> I'm going to like string your fingers onto a necklace and make art. Like you don't know how beautiful. And he, like, she's like yep. screaming into a gag and he's like cutting her open being like, oh, your blood is beautiful. This is criminal minds. It's going to be locked up. I'm not a happy. Black Jack is dark and twisted. Really. Um, and so... Yep. He's like, we created a, a masterpiece. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And then now we cut to a shot of Claire who's been sitting in silence, listening to this. And we see her sitting there and she's just got tears. Like she's got like sh- her poker face is gone. Like she can't, yeah. she's got tears streaming down her face. Um, cause even, cause you've got to imagine too, like, although Jamie told her that he was flogged twice yeah, in a not week, quite to that extent. he just explained it in detail. So she now, um, has at least cares about Jamie now is able to visualize this whole ordeal. And she's just sitting there just horrified tears streaming down her face. Um, and, um, and now blackjack says to her, okay, I, I promised that I would reveal to you. I promised I would reveal myself to you and I have. Um, and he says like, I wonder you know, I wonder if I revealed myself a monster. And then Claire. You wonder. Well, Claire says, 
you know, because Claire's still trying to play the game. Claire's still trying to find a way out of here. And also, I think the fact she's literally looking at Frank's face. Like, I think a part of her wants to believe that there is some good in this man. Because be- Frank came from be- him. Because Frank came from him. And so there's some good. I think there's- it was all the mother. It's going to be mine. <laughs> That's your guess. Um, yep. But Claire says, you know, the, the fact that you care what I think give, gives me some hope yet for your soul. And uh, no. Because <laughs> again, keep in mind, she's trying to, she still thinks she can try to get out of this. Yeah, she's still trying to play. It, Claire. You're not getting out of it. Well, not after the description he just, about who he yeah. tore Jamie's back to, sh- I, I will break him. Him? Yeah. Like you're he's not, gonna, you're, yeah, you're he's gonna, gonna yeah, let you're you gonna go. just wander out. <laughs> but she's still holding out. She, like I said, if I was in her situation, I'd be like, all right, okay, I, I give up. Like, friggin' <laughs> kill me. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, yeah, I'm done with this. Can we at least just stop talking? <laughs> yeah, like, I don't want to hear about your twisted, crazy awfulness. Yeah. Um, and then, so the, again, he talks, so then he starts wa- talking about how, you know, I, um, I'm not the man I once was and how I've been brought to this place in war, you know. Okay, made lots him of people dark. have gone to war. They're not mm-hmm, flogging mm-hmm. people as, you know, pleasure or pleasure and he says you know the longer i was here i felt the hatred grown and i now no longer recognize the man that i've become and claire's falling for it a little bit and she says well you wouldn't you're not the first soldier to be changed by combat the fact that you can admit it is a hopeful sign ew don't you ew, ew, don't empathize with that nonsense claire uh, she's she's an idiot sh- well no part of it again i think she's again i think she's acting a little bit here like, because she knows if she straight up calls him a monster now, like, he's dangerous. I think she fully gets he's dangerous. She's trying to appease him. She's trying to play the game. She's trying to be like, no, 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 you're not all bad. And and there's the little bit of aspect. Again, this man looks like Frank. Like, th- So I think it's all of those things combining. Like, mm. honestly, I feel like I can't judge her in that situation because, like, holy hell, what emotions would you be feeling? Yeah, I guess that's true. Like, they, yeah, if you're, if someone, you know, if you're being held hostage, you try and tell someone like, I don't think you're a criminal and I don't hate you and I won't tell the cops. Yeah, you say what you got to say to get out of there. Because what's she going to be like, F you, you psychopathic monster? <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> you're crazy. <laughs> get a pill. Right? So she's like, that's a good sign. And she's like, um, I, you know, I believe that you could still be a decent man who can choose right from wrong. She says, um, you can't undo what you've done, but it's not too late to choose to be the man you want to be. Ooh, I and, think that was a backfire move. Well, and then he says, you know, I wonder if one day I'll look at my own reflection and not be filled with loathing. Uh, and Claire says, a man with your insight and self-knowledge can be whatever he wants to be. And then he kind of says, like, you know, maybe maybe you're right. And, and perhaps... I sh- you know, perhaps one sign I can do this is by escorting you to Inverness. And Claire, again, trying to play the, the, the English Rose role and this kind of like smiles and says, that would be lovely. And, she go- and he says, oh, I've made you happy. Um, she goes, yes, yes, you have. And he goes, what a curious feeling. <laughs> like, Jesus. Holy hell. <laughs> like, e- line. E- 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 yeah. like some Alfred, Hit- Alfred Hitchcock shit. Like, really twisty so then so then he calls in corporal hawkins who's like the younger guy that like had to do the shaving and all Uh that kind of stuff so he calls him in and he says um mrs mrs um 
Mrs. Beecham and I require your assistance. Um, so, so come here. Okay, and, this and, is going to be some weird psychological nonsense. And he, so he puts his hand out to help her up, oh, you know, no. and he's like, we require your assistance. And Claire says, you have like, thank you, captain. You have my deepest gratitude. And then as she's finishing that, he friggin punches her in the stomach. Yeah. Okay. I knew that was coming. And she's like down, like double down on the ground, because fully not and like People. fully knocked the wind out of her, which is not a great like. So she's on the ground, like can't catch her breath. She's like heaving, um, and which I don't know if you've ever been punched in the gut. Yeah. It's not a good sensation when you can't catch your breath. Uh, not fun. Right. So she's like. <gasps> like really and props to Katrina Bell. She's really selling that. She's really, and you're like, Oh God, and she's on the ground. And then he oh, ready for some crazy dark Hannibal Lecter shit. He again, what like walks up to her, grabs her by the hair, pulls her head oh. up. So it's right by his and says to her, I dwell in darkness, madam, and darkness is where I belong. I need no sympathy from you, and you'll get none from me. I will get the truth out of you. Well, that's disturbing and upsetting. Right? So then, he's already punched her in the stomach, and then he says, uh, Corporal Hawkins, come here. And he walks over, and he says, kick her. And Corporal Hawkins is like, uh, what? talking about people going along with stuff they don't want to because of power and authority and following orders right here so this is exactly what happens with corporal hawkins so he's looking at it and so he's kind of like he says i said kick her so he gives her like a little wimpy kick and claire's like Ugh. and he like a very he's like eh. like he's like i don't i don't want to do this but he gives her like a little wimpy kick and then blackjack says again i told you kick her and so then he um gives her a huge kick in the stomach and claire's like Ugh. and you're like oh god Huh. And he says, see, it's very freeing kicking. Oh, have you ever kicked a woman before? It's very freeing. They're so soft. Ew. Right? What Ew. the hell? Um, and then he goes, kick her again. So Corporal Hawkins is like, oh, God. And what's crazy is in the book, this scene plays out a little quite a bit differently in the book. I really enjoy the writing of the show, the way it's really, really tense and interesting. Um, but he, so he, in the book, he does punch her in the gut. And then I think he says to her, I hope you're not with child, madam. If you are, you soon won't be. Ew. Right? Ew, I don't, ew. Like, what ew, the hell? Like um, so then he says to Corporal Hawkins, like, kick, kick her again. So Corporal Hawkins is, is winding up to kick her again. And then the door just bursts open. Who do we think's bursting in the door, Britt? Dougal. Yes. So Dougal kicks the door open and comes in and he, the look on his face, he's looking around like, what the hell? And he sees Corporal Hawkins. He sees Claire on the ground in a heap, Corporal Hoppin, Hawkins standing over her. And he walk like he walks up and he does this thing where he like scares off Corporal Hopkins. Like he just stares at him and walks right up to him, like face to face. And Corporal Hopkins is like, Ooh, and he like runs off. Um, and so then Dougal comes in and he helps, he, he helps Claire up. Um, and, uh, Blackjack is like, oh, like I'm not done with her. She's under questioning. And, and he, Dougal says, I didn't come to fight basic. Cause then all these other guards came, came in as well. And he's like, mm -hmm. I didn't come here to fight. He's basically saying like, tell your dudes to back off before I lose my temper. Um, 
and you know she she's under questioning and then Dougal says she's a guest of the clan Mackenzie she was brought here basically she was brought here for fear that she was being held prisoner by my brother and now sh that she's assured you that that's not the case um by right she must be returned to me for protection like we're leaving um and this is where blackjack is like oh well further questions have arisen and Ducal says well you won't be asking them on mackenzie land unless you want to start a war like right now so he's trying to like flex his muscle being like nope not like we're leaving um and so then Blackjack's kind of like, okay, fine. I guess we can be done for today. And they start to leave. And he says, make sure you deliver her to Fort William by sundown tomorrow, or you'll be hunted down and hanged for treason um, for, har for harboring, harboring a fugitive of English law. And you're like, oh, great. Um, and so as they leave and he looks at Claire and says, I look forward to our next meeting, Mrs. Beecham. And Claire gives him like the dirtiest stare as she's leaving with Dougal. So they get away and now the next scene is they're riding away, which also could you imagine like riding on a horse in a corset after just being like freaking punched and kicked in the gut? Yeah, probably not fun. Not a good time. So they're, they're riding off now and then Dougal stops. She's like, why are we stopping? And he's like, I figure you could use, use a drink. She's, you know, there's this spring down here and she's like, what? Okay. Where? So they climb down and there's this, this like river spring thing. And she's like, Oh, a bit, bit far down for a drink. And he's like, Oh, but it's fresh. So Dougal takes a drink out of the spring and then Claire takes a drink out of the spring. And as she's drinking from it, you can see that Dougal's pulled his jerk behind his back. And then, so he's got his knife behind his back and she turns around and he's like, are you a spy for the English or the French? And Claire has had a day. She's like, at this point, she's like, oh, my God, I'm not – like, I am not a spy. How many times do I have to tell you? I'm just plain Claire Beecham. Like, how many more times – how many more times do you have to tell me? Or do I have to tell you this? Like, um, like, can we just – can we just be done with this? And he says, okay, we're done. Um, and puts the knife down, and she's like, uh, the hell? Are you going to use that knife on me? Um, and he goes – uh only if you prove to be untrue and she's like why do you suddenly believe me now like what makes the difference and he explains that the spring that they just drank from is like saint ninian spring it's called the liar's spring so basically the water will burn your throat if you prove to be untrue and she's like a magic spring <laughs> and he's like well you're a healer surely you believe in the powers of magic <laughs> and and claire's like and I'm kind of thinking, like, Claire, if this means that he's going to believe you, just freaking go with it. <laughs> yeah, why are you questioning that? He just gave you an out. <laughs> Be just like, oh, it. oh, yeah, true, of course. of course. Sure. Um, so, he be so he believes her now. And so, and so she's like, oh, well, I doubt, I doubt Captain Randall will be so easily swayed. Basically, like, he – because, damn, he's supposed to deliver her by sundown tomorrow now. So they're still in a freaking pickle right now. And so Dougal has kind of come up with the plan and he's like, so I've been thinking about this. Um, and so Dougal kind of explains that an English officer can't compel a Scottish person unless there's proof a crime has been committed. Um, and even if there is proof, they can't force them from clan lands without permission from the laird. She's like, oh, so you've been talking to Ned Gowan. And he's like, yeah, I thought it might come to this. So 
Um, so the only way I can legally refuse to hand you over to Randall is if I change you from an English woman to a Scot. And she's like, okay, what do you mean? Basically by marrying a Scot. And Claire's very much like, oh no, I can't possibly do this. And she, and he's like, okay, well, do you want to go back to Randall? And then she pauses and thinks for a second and is like, shit, okay. And then she goes, so what, am I supposed to marry you? Because she doesn't really like that idea. Mm. And Dougal laughs and goes, ah, well, this is such a gross expression. He goes, well, the idea of grinding your corn does tickle me. Ew. I don't like this episode. There's many things I don't like. That's just, just, no. I'm yep. unhappy and uncomfortable. Yeah, fair enough. And so he says the idea, so he kind of laughs and he goes, well, the idea of grinding your corn does tickle me, but it's not myself that I'd be nominating. And Claire goes, then who? Flash to the next scene and we see Claire sitting by herself, um, reading some sort of contract. And then Jamie kind of walks over and he's got like wine and two glasses in his hand and he sits down beside her and like pours her a drink because <laughs> he probably senses that she needs it. Um, like pours- I need a drink after this. <laughs> so he pours her a drink and she just looks at him and is like, so you're just willing to go along with this? So we find out, okay, who's he nominated for her to marry? Jamie. Um, and she's like, so you're just willing to go along with this? And he says, he thinks about it and he goes, well, I mean, you've mended my wounds more than once. I feel I owe you something for all that. And besides, what kind of, like, what kind of friend would I be if I just left you to that mad bastard? So um, Claire says, mm-hmm. Claire says, well, surely there's somebody else, surely a young man like yourself, surely there's somebody else that you're interested in. Yeah, where's Leary? <laughs> and, and then Jamie goes, oh, do you mean am I promised? no, I'm not promised to anyone. Um, I'm not much of a prospect for a wife. Um, yeah, you a criminal. Well, well, cause he says I have nothing more than a soldier's pay to live on. Um, and then also there's like the minor problem of a price on my head. Uh, so he's like, no, no father wants to marry his daughter. Uh, once, once his daughter married to a woman, wants his daughter married to a man who might be arrested and hanged at any time. He's like, did you ever think of that? And she's like, huh? Nope. Didn't think of that. Um, and so Claire's like, okay, so what, as far as you're concerned, we just start the honeymoon tomorrow. And he's like, whatever, whatever suits you, like whatever, whatever you want. And then she kind of pauses. So he gets up to go leave and she pauses and looks at him and goes, doesn't it bother you that I'm not a virgin? And Jamie pauses for a second and looks and goes, no. And he goes, as long as it doesn't bother you that I am. And I'm not even I kidding you, Brittany. My jaw dropped at this moment because for whatever reason, I was not expecting that. I was not expecting him to say I mean, kudos he was a on virgin. the writer. Kudos on the writer. It's well, yeah. not very often. Um, flipping flipping make, the roles. Yeah, the gender normative is that the man is, man is always experienced and whatever, and especially he was a soldier and, yep. you know, that whole, like, becoming a man trope and nonsense mm-hmm. re- yeah ridiculousness but yeah um, yeah just that's yeah but it is so you're right it's it's subverting that norm or that trope that trope of nonsense um because he even says like no it doesn't bother as long as it doesn't bother you that i am and then he says like i figure one of us should know what they're doing (laughs) 
and walks away. <laughs> so again, it is subverting the thing of like, she's the one with the experience and mm -hmm. he's the one that doesn't have the experience. Um, and you're right. Cause he, Jamie, Jamie was a soldier. So I think that's also brought up in the books too, of like, he fought at one point, he fought in France for a couple years. He must've been like freaking 17. Um, and she's like that whole time you're in France, like alone as a soldier, like you never, and he, and he didn't. Um, and he explains his reasonings why and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it is. I, I really straight up was not expecting that when that came out of his mouth. Like I remember kind of being like, oh, like I was, I don't know why I wasn't expecting that. Because society has ingrained us to believe that men must sow their wild oats and could never just have one partner to be mm -hmm. male. Always have to be this sexual dominating and have the expertise. And that's just how it the is. Way it is. And always protect her virginity and her, yep. you know, pureness, which is absolute ridiculousness. Mm -hmm. But anyways, <laughs> um, it's been ingrained in us. So it's, yeah. you know. It's so true. Right? Yeah, because I fell for it because I definitely was like thoroughly surprised by that. I was like, oh, mm -hmm. okay, that's good. Okay, okay. Um, and so he's, you know, he says that and he leaves and then Claire stops and thinks a little bit longer and then she gets up and walks and all the all the men, so the whole crew where it's like Rupert, Angus, Willie, Dougal, Dougal, Murda, Jamie, other random nameless men are all standing around the cart just kind of waiting, I guess, for Claire to make her decision or to make up her mind. Um, and she walks she walks over and she looks at them and Dougal has a bottle of some sort of alcohol and she just walks walks away, grabs the alcohol and then keeps walking and they all kind of look at each other being like, all right, I guess we're doing this. So I think it's Claire being like, okay, fine, but I'm freaking getting drunk to deal with this because that's apparently how she deals with all of, <laughs> all of everything. I think they all need some therapy. Everyone needs counselors in this show. Ah, uh, absolutely. They all have trauma and wounds and deep-seated issues. You all need to talk through your issues more. Except for I don't know if there's any hope for Blackjack. I'm not going to lie. That no, I think maybe he should just be locked in a cage and dropped at the bottom of the ocean. That but. dude is far gone. But that's the end of the episode. Um, we're And that was... I mean, honestly, this is such a dialogue-heavy episode. I feel like we've made decent time. We're approaching an hour and 40 minutes, so we'll try to wrap this up quick. Yeah. Um, so, Brittany, I know you don't like – this episode's brutal. Um, yeah. Wait till you watch it. Um, it th overall thoughts, though, in terms of any development, character development, was there anything, while it's awful to hear, that you thought was, like – smart or interesting or furthered the story or the narrative that you that interested you character wise plot wise anything um i don't know i'm i'm torn on it i think yeah uh fair enough yeah said the yeah. whole fandom about many things <laughs> yeah it always it's a. Uh, it's always interesting how um, authors or writers use um, violence or threats of violence to move plots. And I'm always torn on how Ooh. it plays out. Hang on to that, that thought. Cause yeah. Oh my God, that's a thing that comes up repeatedly in every yeah. season and in every book. And it's to this point, a real discussion i think within the universe i'm not going to give too much mm -hmm. away because we will get there but that's an interesting point um because again whether you're using violence to just move the plot or 
but then also what the impact that it has on the character, like, you know, does it show not necessarily growth in the character, but telling a story and how the character deals with it and changes and grows and, and deals with mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. Um, I feel you, especially cause like I, sh- I go back and forth too, because we look at it of how much of it is just being truthful to this time. For sure. Um, no, but balancing saying- the narrative of telling the story as well. Cause I would imagine yeah. it's a freaking brutal era in history no, and too. There's also, it's also how you balance it against the counteract. So yeah. uh, for me, it's, okay, you're using this threat of violence and future violence to have a character enter into what will be a sexual relationship, which is, for Mm. me, something that right now doesn't sit well. You're essentially not only creating a, you know, sure, she kind of consented, but she didn't really have an option of consent Um, so, and while that might, you know, that there was arranged marriages at the time, getting on board behind that, understanding it as a realistic possibility for the time period, even today, definitely realistic possibility, Mm -hmm. um, that happens to many, many women. There's many, you know, child brides and engendered, you know, humans and, you know, human trafficking and forced prostitution. That's a whole thing. Uh, Getting behind that relationship, though, and seeing it as a good or a Mm. savior complex or as something beneficial is something that right now I can't see. Mm. So that's where I'm sitting. The hope would be that you are hopefully able to get there eventually because – as we know, there are many books and this show goes on for many seasons. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's a spoiler to say that this pairing becomes the crux of this show. Mm -hmm. Right. Of course. Um, So part of me wants, wants you to have trust and faith in Diana and in the writers that they will get there because I don't think this show would work if they couldn't. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I totally, I totally hear you in the sense of it is essentially an arranged, it's an arranged marriage to keep her safe from falling into danger. Mm -hmm. Um, And yes, okay, they hinted before that they had some mutual attraction to each other, but, and then this is forcing them together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. Um, I mean, after five seasons, I've also, I've obviously bought in hook, line, and sinker, but For sure. um, you have to trust that these characters are going to grow and make you and make you see this as a valid relationship. And I think that's a big part of season one is, mm-hmm. is getting it. Okay. They started as an arranged marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of, this is going to seem like such a stupid comparison, but you know, have you ever watched Fiddler on the Roof? No, I have not. Cause, cause Fiddler on the Roof, I couldn't even tell you what era it takes place in, but Tevier and his wife Gold Golda Goldie, uh, it comes like it was an arranged marriage, mm-hmm. um, and there's a whole song about. He says, "Well, do you love me?" And she's like, "Well, do I love you? You know, I've lived with you, I've starved with you, I've dined with you, I have had six kids with you." And he's like, "Yes, but do you love me?" Right? Like we've we've had all these life experiences together, but at the end of the day, do you love me? And it's that whole thing because they were an arranged marriage, mm-hmm. and. Um, and then finally the song ends with being saying she because she kind of is like, I suppose I do. And he goes, I suppose I love you too. Um, 
it's much better when you watch the musical and they, <laughs> and they sing it. Um, but it's a kind of interesting parallel to think about. Um, and you don't have to be okay with it, but it's interesting to explore of people who are forced together uh, from circumstances beyond their control, mm-hmm. even though they seem to like each other, right? Like I'm sure – I'm sure she protested a little bit less being told she has to marry Jamie than like if it was like, no, you're marrying Dougal. Cause already she's like, no, right. Like I'm sure if there was options, she, that's probably who she would have chose if she had to choose one of them, but it's still an arranged marriage and it will be interesting. I know how it goes, but it'll be interesting to see that development. Um, Cause like I said, if you don't buy this relationship, um, it's yep. hard to buy the story. Um, and again, once you're able to actually watch the show, I think that might add some layers to it mm-hmm. versus just mm-hmm. me describing it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Okay, so this baby's going to be long. This is a long episode. Okay, where predictions? Where do we think we're going? I mean, I already well, I sort think of. There's a wedding. So I'm guessing the next episode's a wedding. Maybe. <laughs> um, just an out there guess. How, what would ever make you think that? Um, Okay, so we think, obviously, Jamie and Claire are supposed to be getting Mm -hmm. married. Um, Any other thoughts about where we're headed in the future? Well, I mean, there's going to be conflict out of that because I'm sure the Brits won't like that they subverted Mm. that. True, yeah. It's not going to go over well. Blackjack. Yeah, he's not going to be probably pleased with that craftiness. Yeah. Well, and especially if there comes a point where he finds out who she married. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that won't go over well either. Seems to have an obsession with Jamie a little bit. We created a work of art. Blah. Yeah, that was gross. Blah. That was gross. But also, to me, that shows why Jamie's so willing to go along with this too. Because to him, he knows Blackjack is this awful person. Like he's ex- he's experienced it firsthand. And so him, like, I, I truly, and again, it's watching the show and seeing the acting, like, I truly believed him when he said, you know, what kind of person would I be if I let you fall into the hands of that madman? Like, you know, if this is what I can do to help protect you, then I'll do it. Yeah. Does he get something out? He gets a wife out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Jamie strikes me as a man who would have been quite happy living, um, He's been living rough. He's been living on the road. He's been living like he knows there's a price on his head. He knows all of these things. And while he... Well, see, that's the other thing, though, is like, why is this the way out? Because, okay, so she would be hunted, but she's trying to get back to her time anyways. Why couldn't she just tell him, just get me to the stones and get me out of here? Why... Do do we think Dougal would go for that, though? I don't know. I just... But her to say that, then she has to then... Even for her to say to Jamie, oh, well, can you just get me to the stones? I don't know if they're there yet in their trust in that relationship. Oh, but they're in wedding territory? Brittany, we just established that freaking strange marriage where people would meet each other on their wedding day. Hi, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Let's spend the rest of our lives together. I was watching Married on First Sight last night. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, But... I think for her to, even if she goes, because Dougal's not going to let that happen, but for even for her to go to Jamie, like, oh, just get me to the stones. Why? Like, is she going to tell him about time travel? Like, 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 I just, I think she knows that this is kind of the best bet because otherwise sundown tomorrow, Randall's coming for her. Um, and But technically, isn't this in her story that she's already married? How are they marrying her? 
She's not married in 1743. No, but she's been telling everyone that she's married. Her husband died. Remember, she's no, a but widow. Then she told Randall that she's married to that dude. No, she, she wasn't married to him. She said she she had sort of a relationship. There was uh. no there was no marriage. Because then she found out, oh, I found out that it wasn't love. He didn't feel love for me. It was lust. He was a whoremonger and da-da-da. Mm. No, there was no marriage to that. So to everyone, her she's a widow. Um, her husband had died previously, so which also explains why she's maybe a bit older and is unmarried right now. And it again, this is gross, but this is also why it's probably acceptable that she's not a virgin because she's was previously married. She's widowed, so mm. of course, of course, she's had sex because she was married before. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it, it'll be interesting to kind of see. Well, I know where it goes. It'll be interesting for you to see where this goes. I really honestly just can't wait to get to the end and you can watch these damn episodes and I can really gauge your reaction because there's so much more when you can just the whole world, the acting, the writing, and not just me (laughs) trying to (laughs) filter it to you Mm -hmm. Um, because you can feel the emotion more and maybe that explains why you buy certain things versus just seeing it abstract of any sort of emotion. Right. But, but anywho, um, okay, this bad boy is running long. This was a big episode, so now we're set up for the next one. Um, again, like we said at the top of the show, please feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at She's an Outlander. No dots. No dots. <laughs> this is going to be our stupid catchphrase now. And again, um, please feel free to rate and review if you enjoyed enjoyed um this episode again so sorry it's long but i'm this is a heavy heavy episode there's a lot in there um and until next time stay safe and see you around folks thank you guys so much for listening stay safe stay healthy until next time bye bye